I hope you're doing well today. Wow, we've been having some amazing weather here in Ashland, Ohio. As a matter of fact, yesterday it was in the mid-70s, today again, tomorrow. Here it is almost the end of October as I record this, and wow, it's just wonderful. I can't wait to both sit outside and enjoy the warmth at the same time as seeing the radiance of all the leaves that are changing color. It is brilliant right now. And if I allow my heart to be lifted up before the Lord, there's so many reasons to give praise. Recently, in a podcast about forgiveness, I talked about the mediation of Christ. That's not a phrase we use a lot, but it is a theological term, and it has to do with how Jesus is for us, how Jesus stands in for us. One of the individuals that greatly impacted my own understanding of mediation is J.B. Torrance. J.B. Torrance was a theologian who taught systematic theology at the University of Aberdeen in Scotland, and he had this tremendous insight on how much Jesus desires to stand for us, to stand in for us. And he often used this notion, the mediation of Christ. I shared this story recently with a small group of people that I was teaching, and I, I wanted to share it here because it comes out of his book, Worship Community and the Triune God of Grace. So I'm going to read to you, and I pray that you open your heart to hear the heart of what he is saying that represents Jesus and his willingness to stand in for us. J.B. Torrance begins by talking about the fact that he had been a guest lecturer at Fuller Theological Seminary and that he was staying in an apartment that was only several hundred yards from the beach. And he said that one day he went out there to get in the water to swim and he saw an elderly man who was very slowly and thoughtfully walking along the shore. And in this story... J.B. Torrance says that he went and introduced himself and told him that he was here as a minister lecturing on a tour of the United States, at which this man said, how astonishing that I should meet you just now. And then he began to pour out his story to J.B. Torrance. It seems that after 45 years of a very happy married life, his wife was dying of cancer. And she had had a very serious surgery. And this gentleman said that he'd been walking up and down the streets of Newport, desperate. He said, because I do not know how to face the future without my wife and without faith. This man went on to tell J.B. Torrance that his father had been a Presbyterian minister and he had been brought up in a godly home, but he drifted away from the church. And then that man said, when you... J.B. Torrance spoke to me. I remembered how my father was a man of prayer. He had a wonderful faith even when my mother died. I wish I had that faith. And then J.B. writes these words. What did I say to him? Did I tell him how to find faith, how to pray, to throw him back on himself? No, I did not. I said, may I say to you what I'm sure your father would have said to you? In Jesus Christ, we have someone who knows all about this. 
He has been through it all, through suffering and death and separation, and he will carry you both through it into the resurrected life. He's heard your cry for faith. He will answer your cry for faith. You've been walking up and down this beach, wanting to pray, trying to pray, but not knowing how to pray. In Jesus Christ, we have someone who is praying for you. He heard your groans. He's interceding for you. He's with you. And he's in you. What a powerful story. And, and what a picture of not only the mediation of Christ, but how well J.B. Torrance knew what a person needed at that particular moment. He then goes on and he writes in this book, it seems to me that in pastoral situations, our first task is not to throw people back on themselves with exhortations and instructions as to what to do and how to do it, we need to direct people to the glory of the gospel of grace, to Jesus, so that they can look to him, so that he can lead them, so that he can open their hearts in faith and in prayer and draw them by the Spirit into his life, into his communion with the Father. This, this is such a powerful concept. Do you know, it's been a long time, almost three decades since I hit the wall and ended up in a psychiatric hospital. And certainly everything before and after was different because of that time. And, if you will, a whole ministry was born from it. But I think what is most important is for me to comment on what the first reaction of Christian people was. They began to tell me what I needed to do. Pray more, worship more, memorize more scriptures. And at that time, they did not give me, if you will, a picture of Jesus already interceding, already knowing my need, of him praying the prayers I could not pray at that time. And that's what I most needed. And that's why J.B. Torrance talks here about this issue of how often we throw people onto their own efforts, that we tell them what they need to do rather than directing them to the glory of grace that is found in Christ, that he is already for us and working on our behalf. This goes back to something we've talked about in the past. Jesus didn't go to heaven because his work was done. He goes to heaven and he does another work. He's interceding. He's mediating. He's anticipating and praying and even fighting for us. This is what it means that the gospel of grace is breathtaking. This mediation of Jesus. So when we struggle, when we fall, we have someone that mediates between us and the Father. We can hold fast to the love of God 
And I know it's not easy. And I find myself in a situation right now where it would be easier to let doubt arise. And yet what scripture encourages is that we come to understand the matchless love of God and that his face shines on us and that Jesus is ahead of us, making a way. Do you remember that story? That story that's found in scripture about Jesus praying for Peter? Before Peter even knew what would happen, Jesus knew that in the time of temptation, Peter would struggle. He said that the evil one has asked to sift him like weak, but he said, I'm praying for you. Peter didn't even know it was coming, and yet Jesus was praying for him. Why? Because Jesus understands the nature of this struggle that we're in. That's why both Scripture and Torrance talks about the fact that whatever we've been through, Jesus has been there. He's been through the temptation. He's been through the struggle. He's been through the death. He's been through the separation. And in that, he's pulling for us, pulling for you, pulling for me. Here we have this amazing quote that comes from J.B. Torrance when he says this, Christ does not heal us as an ordinary doctor might, by standing over against us, diagnosing our sickness, prescribing medicine for us to take, and then going away, leaving us to get better as we follow his instructions. No. Jesus becomes the patient. He assumes that very humanity which is in need of redemption, and by being anointed by the Spirit in our humanity, by a life of perfect obedience, by dying and rising again for us, our humanity is healed in Him. We are not just healed through Christ because of the work of Christ, but in and through Him. That's so important for us to remember. The person of Jesus, the work of Jesus, we don't separate those apart. They're one. And Jesus became one with us so that he could better serve us. Just think about this. It's as though Jesus is saying, I want to go back into eternity knowing how to best serve these people. And part of his ability to best serve us came because he walked through what we have walked through, what we are walking through. He was born. He faced the valleys of life. He faced the rejections of people. He faced the trials that come on humanity. He died on a cross. But he rose from the dead for us. And now he looks at your situation and my situation. And I believe when he sees us, he says, I know what they're going through. I know what that's like. And then he intercedes. How often it is that we instead try to figure out all that we need to do ourselves when we're in these trying circumstances, and yet what we see 
is that Jesus is way ahead of us. He knows what you have faced. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you will face. And the promise of Scripture is that in those situations, it's not thrown back on us to make sure we do the right thing the right way as many times as necessary, but it involves having faith in the matchless love of God. As I read previously that in Psalm 33, that we put our hope in the love of God, and what it is that he has done for us. This is such an important word. It could be right now that you're in a tough situation, either with a trial, a sin, an addiction, a disaster that you're facing. And it's important that we not throw that back upon you, but remind you of Jesus. And get you to turn your heart toward Jesus because he knows what you are going through. And he's interceding today. May we consider today the glory of the gospel of Christ and take heart. <laughs>